0: Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Wow. Good morning, everyone. So obviously you guys know we went to Mexico and um, we went to build a house over there. And there was many, many highlights On that trip, and I could really just stand up here all service and tell you about that. But there's a few things that I want to highlight. The first thing was this I got to eat as many tacos as I wanted. (laughs) Okay, we all know calories do not count when you're on a missions trip. Okay, right? Anyone who's been on a mission trip, but I got to eat all the tacos, man, it was awesome. But in all seriousness, um, you guys. If you got to see what I saw with our youth, you would be so proud of them. They were the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on this trip. And, man, I think, I don't know if all of them are here, but I'm going to ask the ones that are here that went on this trip, would you stand up, please? They worked hard. Matter of fact, they got the house done in almost two days, like they were moving. And so um, they they also raised money within themselves and bought this family just clothes, their first sheets, their bedspreads. I mean, you name it. So um, be proud. And another thing I want to highlight is you guys. Thank you so much for all your prayer. Like we know that this is a spiritual battle. And we know that when you guys are back here praising, we get to see these students step up, and they just did amazing things. So thank you for your prayer, and also thank you for your support. Um, We did amazing things over there, but it wouldn't happen if you guys did not be able to give to these students. Um, This is just another step in their journey, and God working in their heart. You know, we always go to the missions trip thinking we're going to bless them, and we come back blessed. And that's what we saw with these students. So at this time, I'm going to ask Angelina and Luke to come up, give them a hand. And they're going to be reading the Word of God for us today. You guys come over here. There we go. All right.
1: So let's, re- let's stand up to read God's Word together. Um, if you can't, that's okay. Just remain seated. Romans 6, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and, we, and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set, from the, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we, And since we died with Christ, we know we will live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When, we died, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus.
2: Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not, let sin, do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be. Slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you'll join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us gather here this morning and for giving us an awesome trip in Baja. In your name, amen.
0: Amen. Everyone give them a hand. Alright, so before we get started, um, I want to do something. I want us to pause for just a moment. Because I'm getting ready to download a lot of information to you. And I would love to believe I'm just that awesome preacher and that you're going to remember everything. You're going to laminate your, your notes and all of that. But the reality is this. That you're probably not going to retain all of it. And so I believe that if all of us, no matter where we're at in the journey of life or in our walk with God, that if we come into this place with a surrendered heart and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? I believe that the Holy Spirit will meet you and he'll give you that one thing that you need to change in your life that will change the trajectory of your life. And so that's what I want us to do. I want us just to stop and invite the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you have? What is that one thing that you have for me today that's going to change my life forever? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for how great you are. And Father, I pray that whatever it is that you're trying to speak, Lord, you're going to meet us in all different ways and different things in our life. And so Holy Spirit, we ask for that one thing you have for us today that's going to change us and draw us closer to you. Lord, I just thank you that everyone here today has come, Father, expecting to encounter you. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. And may I decrease so that you may increase. And it is in your great name that we pray amen and amen. Well, I want to welcome everyone online and welcome to everyone here. Before we really dive deep into chapter 6, I want to give us a quick review of where we've kind of gone so far in the book of the book of Romans. So this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was around 57, 58 AD, and it was written from a Greek city in Corinth. Now, um, It's around Paul's third missionary journey, and um, the letter would have been written predominantly to Gentiles and a minority of Jews. And in the first eight chapters, Paul addresses three major themes. So the first one that he addresses is condemnation, and that simply just means that guilty of sin and sentenced to death because of our rebelliousness against God. And then he goes on to talk about justification. Now this means to, uh, to declare righteous. And then in this chapter is when Paul introduces this big old word and that we talk about all the time. And that is sanctification. Which means to be made holy. Set apart. It's a growth process in our life that resembles Christ. And the more we pursue him, the more that we change and Become more like Christ. So, if I were to summarize this chapter, this is what I would say that Paul reminds us about how the grace that abounds in our lives, and he calls us to live in victory over sin. And when we've been saved, and, oh, and though we've been saved, we must still contend with sin. And our salvation doesn't end with justification, but it continues in sanctification. And so if you're taking notes today, my big idea for you guys is living a life dead to sin is a life alive in Christ. So I'm going to allow you a little bit into my life and into my past. Because what we're going to talk about today is going to probably rub a little bit of people. And I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts, because why? Because I want the best for you guys. I want you guys to be close to Christ. But what I'm going to talk about is I've walked through this. I've had to experience everything that, I've been, or that I'm going to preach, and I'm still continuing to live through it. So it's not like I'm not able to say that I've gone through this. And so that's why I want to share a little bit of my story of where I've come from. So in 2005 was probably the lowest part of my life. See, I was um, heavily into drugs, I was addicted to drugs. I was living really in sin, and I was losing a lot of hope in my life. Matter of fact, I was unemployed, and I began to start feeling worthless. All my men out there, you could understand how you would feel. I started to really feel defeated in life because of where my sin was taking me. And then my mom calls me up, which she's here today. Welcome. And my father, they're back there. She calls me up and she says, hey, now remind you, I'm unemployed at this time. Okay. She goes, hey, it's my birthday this Sunday, and all I want from you is just to come to church. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to spend no money. I don't have no money, really. So this is an easy way for me to show my mom I love her. And side note, that's where Courtney locked eyes on me, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, she, she, still, she still has those hearts in her eyes. So So my mom invites me, and I decide to go, and nothing happens that day, okay? Matter of fact, her father was the pastor of the church. Not to say he's a bad preacher or anything, just nothing happened to me that Sunday. And so I go home and kind of go on with my life, and then there's one night where I'm sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just goes, wham, right on me, and my heart just like... What am I doing with my life? Like, where am I going in life right now? What am I doing? Like, wake up. And all of a sudden, just tears start rolling down my my face. And I knew at that point I needed to get back to church. And so I go back to church. And her father preaches again. But this time, it hits a little different. And I find myself at an altar Saying, Lord, I need you. My life is broken. I have nothing else. I need you. I need you more than I've ever needed you now. And so, because of God's grace and because of the blood of Jesus, I was saved, redeemed, and I was able to walk in newness of life. Praise God. And soon after that, I got baptized, I became united with Christ, and my life was transformed and I became alive in Christ. But the only reason I stand here today is because of God's grace and because of his transforming power in my life. And I allowed, or I didn't even allow, because I was uh, obedient, he sanctified me. So what we're going to look at and begin with today is the power of God's grace. In chapter uh, 6, 1 through 4, you'll notice it's kind of like a mid-thought. Paul starts off with a rhetorical question, and it's, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Now, to understand why he he would start with the rhetorical question, we actually have to go back to chapter 5 and verses 20 through 21. And that tells us that God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when you have these two chapters parallel with each other, you see that Paul's addressing this misconception that may arise from this message of grace, that, that where sin increased, that grace increased all the more, and this will continue to contribute to the glory of God. But Paul quickly follows this up with, of course not, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Now, you have to understand, to Paul, this is absurd for, him to, for you to even be thinking this, okay? Um, we have died to sin. This is how Paul is thinking, that we've died to sin. We've been unified with Christ. And if you say that Jesus is your Savior, how can you continue to live in sin, See, he wants the readers to understand that whoever puts their faith in Christ and proclaims him as their savior but continues to sin habitually, they lack the fundamental understanding of God's grace and what it means to be saved and united with Christ. Yes, God's grace covers our sins. Matter of fact, it covers the worst of our sins. But that doesn't mean we get to abuse it and keep on sinning. Now, I'm going to assume today that most of us here would agree with what Paul is saying. We're not going to question that part, that we get to abuse it because of God's grace and that's going to bring more glory. I don't think that's the argument necessarily for most of us here today. So we're going to ask a different question. Instead of asking ourselves if we agree with what Paul is saying, the question should be this. Does your day-to-day life mirror your beliefs? See, because the more significant problem today is that people say their faith is in Christ, but they live like they're still in bondage to sin. One minute they're worshiping, and then an hour later they're out gossiping. One minute, they're in here worshiping God, and the next one, they go out and they start living in lawless, lawlessness again. So we have to start understanding that Paul reminds us in verse 2 that when we accepted Christ, that we died to sin. That's it. We died to sin, which means that our old self, with all our sinful desires and our, our, our uh, nature, we crucified it when Christ went to the cross. See, and because of the power of God's grace and the blood of Jesus, we have freedom. Our relationship with sin should begin to change because it's not a master of us anymore. And we get to live in a new life and alive in Christ now. So Paul, in verses 3 through 4, continues to convey his point. Verse three says, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. First, I wanna say to all the people that got baptized, well done, well done of being obedient. So after we looking at this passage, I don't think that Paul is necessarily trying to give us this deep theology about baptism. I don't really think that's where he's trying to put his aim. Really, I think he's just trying to, to make a point of what it means to be unified and alive in Christ. See, to understand this better, we have to go back and let's try to put ourselves into when Paul was leading the church. Okay, let's try to go back to, to that point. Because really, Paul, they didn't have the same concept of church as we do, right? They, don't do, they didn't do church like we do. We're not doing anything bad, but it was just different. So let me give you an example. An example would be this. Like today, when I'm going to give you a charge, because I am, what would happen is when they would say, I am unified with Christ, when I'm giving my life to Christ, they would find a body of water. And immediately go and get baptized. Our church today is more, we got to maybe wait a little bit, right? Like today, there's going to be some of you, I pray that the Holy Spirit's working right now and he's shuffling some things in the heart. And you're going to give your life to Christ, but you're going to maybe have to wait a little bit. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to bring that tape back over. I don't know, we'll see. But you have to wait for it. So in the first century, they didn't. So for Paul, when someone gave their life to Christ, they immediately showed obedience and got baptized. Because baptism is a powerful symbol of union of Christ's death and resurrection. And just as Christ was buried and raised to life, we too, when we're immersed in water, when baptized to signify our identification of his death, burial, And resurrection and just like when Jesus died and was buried for my sins I also dead to my sins look at verse 4 again with me it says for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father now we also may live new lives so I want you to look at the tense of that verb died Died is an act that took place in the past. So when we're baptized, it's a public declaration that we have died to sin and have been raised to walk in the newness of life. Meaning, our old humanity in Adam that you guys learned last week in chapter five, our old humanity in Adam is now dead, and we have a new identity in Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's our new identity. Our sin is dead, and now it's in Christ. So for Paul, baptism was that public profession of faith. It was a person saying, I'm complete union with Christ and will no longer live a life of sin. The same is true for us. Baptism is an act of obedience to Christ, and it follows repentance of sin and faith. And when we become immersed and come up, we are saying we are united with Christ, and our life has been transformed, and the old person is dead to sin, set free, and a new person is alive in Christ. When we become united with Christ, It will always entail a transformation of our lives. Look at verse 5 through 7 with me. It says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Here's a great part of this verse. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Praise God. Because we are no longer slaves to sin, our life should begin to exhibit the characteristics of Christ. We're going to have to give up some old ways of living. We're going to have to have some things die in our life. Some of those old sins we're gonna to have to say we gotta put aside. Why? Because I can walk in victory over this. Why? Because Christ died for me. Sinner life should begin to fade away. Our sin should begin to grieve us. That's what he's saying. That our sin should begin to grieve us and call and, and want to cause us to allow him to sanctify us. Because when it grieves us, it grieves God. So that's what our sin should beget, begin to do. That is the sanctification process. That's how we go, continue to grow and look more like Christ. We're called to live a resurrected life. Our old self, which was enslaved to sin, is now crucified. And we're given a new nature, but here's the deal. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our union with Christ and God's grace enables us to walk in victory, living as overcomers rather than slaves to sin. Our sin, our shame and our guilt no longer have a strong hold over us, because Jesus Christ bought us and redeemed us. It's, we are no longer a slave to it, because of Christ. We went from living a dead life in sin, apart from Christ. To living in a union alive in Christ. And our sins have been cast as far as the East is from the West. We've been set free of the power of sin, and whom God sets free is free indeed. So the question might now be: Is this, does that mean I'm incapable? of sinning because I'm in Christ? No. Paul said in verse two, we gotta go all the way back to verse two. He says not to live in it. Not to live in it. See, we're all gonna face temptations to sin. But when, when the temptation comes, we have a choice. We have a choice To live in it and allow it to be a master of our life? Or we have a choice to live in victory. We have a choice to live in that newness of life. But it always comes down to a choice. It comes down to what do we want for our lives? See, there's a big difference between living in sin and messing up. One is a mistake, but one is deliberate choice to keep sinning. They're different. And if your life hasn't changed since you've said yes to Christ, Paul tells us this, that your heart is far from God and you're still dead to sin. And you're not alive in Christ. And you lack that fundamental understanding and abuse his grace. But praise God, that's not where the story has to end. He tells me that I can have victory over my sin. That I can live in a newness of life. So we don't have to stay there. No matter where you're at today, you don't have to stay there. And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit is just working in your hearts and showing and revealing where in your life do you need God to Sanctify. In verse 8 through 11, we're going to see that he's telling us that we could be living in newness of life. Verse 8 says, And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him and when he died, he died once to break break the power of sin but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. See in these final verses, Paul reminds us that if we die with Christ we live with him. Our old life of sin and bondage is gone and a new life of righteousness and freedom takes its place we are no longer condemned but justified by the faith in Christ and just as Christ will never die again death no longer has dominion over him in the same way Sin no longer has dominion over us. And we are called to count ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. See, this recognition allows us to resist the world's temptation, to crucify our fleshly desires daily and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're willing to allow your old self to be crucified today with Christ. Paul says you will become united with him in his resurrection and live in the newness of life. But there's some questions that we have to ask ourselves. And one of them is this. Are you willing to allow that old self to die? Are you allowing... Whatever sin is holding you into bondage, are you willing to allow that to die today? See in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you that charge that I told you about today. And in this moment, I pray that the Holy Spirit is starting to really work. And I would recommend to you saying Holy Spirit, what's that one thing what's that one thing that keeps me from living the newness of life what's that one thing that keeps me from knowing you more what is that one thing that the holy spirit has for you today because here's the reality of what's going to happen today. There's going to be some of you that are going to choose to die to sin today. And you're going to allow Christ to be placed in the center of your life. And you're going to act on what that one thing is that the Holy Spirit is giving you today. That's one thing that's going to happen. Here's the second thing. There's going to be others that are going to continue to push Christ lower in their life. And they're going to walk out those doors or they're going to turn off the live stream and allow sin to keep mastering their life and remain dead in sin. See, we all have a choice. We all have a choice to make today. Which one will it be for you? Romans chapter 6, it's a powerful reminder of the transformative work of God in our lives through Jesus Christ. And friends, when our faith is placed in Christ, His grace sets us free from sin's bondage. And He gives us a new life, alive in Him. And so will the word of God ignite a fire within you to pursue holiness today? Are you going to strive for righteousness and walk in the freedom found in only Christ alone? Will your life be a testimony of the gospel's transformative power and bring glory to our Savior, Jesus Christ? Do you want to walk in newness of life today? If that's it, you don't have to do it alone. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is here to guide you. The Holy Spirit is here to empower you, to help you resist the sin's temptation and live victoriously over sin. See, all that takes is a choice. It takes a choice to say that the sin that's holding me in bondage grieves me. It grieves my heart. I'm just gonna sit in a moment real quick and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart right now. I always tell our students that awkwardness is okay sometimes that sometimes we just need to sit and allow the Holy Spirit to just speak. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Lord, your word will never come back void. And Lord, I know that there's people still held in bondage of sin here today. And Lord, I pray that today they're going to experience freedom in you. Father, you thought of them when you were on the cross. When they were beating you, when they pierced your side, you thought of them. Your word says while they were still sinners, that Christ died for us. So Lord, I ask right now that your Holy Spirit just comfort us, convict us in the most beautiful ways. Father, we don't want to live in sin and bondage anymore. We want to live in freedom of you, Father God. So I pray that your Holy Spirit speak now. Jesus, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We're in all of you. Jesus, Holy Spirit, speak Let us encounter you today. Father, we don't need to be in a hurry, but Lord, we want to encounter you. Change our hearts, transform our hearts today, Lord. Let this not be another Sunday where we just come to church and we keep living in bondage, but let this be a day where we are set free from sin so that we can live our best life in you, that we can have joy, that we can have happy, and like Pastor Nate said, that we can just laugh and be joyful Christians. Jesus, that's all it takes is your name. Jesus, there is power in that name. There is victory in that name. There's no shame in that name. There's no guilt in that name. All there is is freedom in that name. Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to ask if you'll continue to keep your, your head bowed today. I believe that the Holy Spirit is working in hearts today. No one wants to live in bondage. Nobody. But you have to choose today to say, I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. So if this is you, you're saying, I want more of Christ. I want to put my life In Christ I want to die to sin I want to live victorious I want to walk in the newness of life that Christ has for me would you just raise your hand yes 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 amen 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 I see those hands amen amen allow the Holy Spirit just to work in your life There's no shame in it. This is you saying, I'm not ashamed for it. We've all carried sin. I proved to you today that I had to walk in sin. But guess what? It takes taking action. And today, you just took action. So now, what we have to allow is that sanctification process. Father, we thank you for all those hands raised. So what we're going to do right now in this moment we're going to sit in the presence of God. We're going to have a reverence for him. And Pastor Christelle and her worship team, they're going to sing this great song that we all know. And it is probably one of the most pro- powerful songs that we could ever sing. But also the hardest song to say, I surrender all. Today, some of you need to surrender All. Some of you today need to say, I'm done. I'm done with sin. I surrender all. So as they sing... I'm going to ask some of our prayer partners to come up with you because this is what I don't want. I don't want you just to raise your hand and leave out these doors. I want you to say, hey, I'm going to commit and I'm going to have accountability and I'm going to get with a prayer partner. I'm going to get with a pastor and I'm going to ask, what are my next steps? How am I to be sanctified? What do I need to do? Because I'm tired of living in bondage and I want the freedom that Paul tells us about. It takes us having to move forward. It's a growth process. So as they sing, prayer partners, I'm gonna ask you to come up now. And for all you raise your hands, I know it's hard. The first step is always the hardest. But guess what? I'm going to meet you up here. I'm going to meet you up here. I'm going to take that first step before you do. And I'm going to meet you down here. Pastor Christel, let's surrender all. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at PCC today. Dot com. Or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.